Hello, Bonsai friends. This is Evan Pardue of Underhill Bonsai, and welcome to episode 61 of Little Things for Bonsai People. And this time I am joined by my co-host, or one of my co-hosts, uh, Carmen Lesko-Vienski. How's it going this morning? It is going just excellent. How are you? I'm I'm good. Um, I'm kind of coming towards the end of the new year. I know this episode will be released in the new year, but um, wrapping up things with the nursery, uh, doing a full year here, uh, it's been both awesome and frightening at the same time. Uh, yeah. That. This is a small business and watching where we, like seeing where we were at uh, basically five, year, five years ago when I started here till now, okay. um, it's, yeah, it's something else. But uh, we'll talk about New Year's stuff and um, going into the new year with uh with bonsai and stuff as far as the show goes but uh how's it going with you over there oh super good i am in michigan actually for the next week or so and all of my family is here which is super super fun we haven't all been together since 2018 so it's been a blast so far and i am working on training a baby deer that has a broken leg and acquiring a new cat for my parents thanks to the cat distribution system and the stray cat in their yard but, so it's it's been very eventful. Yeah. Uh, so and no bonsai trees to incite to work on? Actually, I have one that I left here when I moved to Portland. It's just a pre-bonsai. It's a, a white pine that I collected up north, and uh, it's in the ground. So I actually have to go make a few pruning cuts on it and make sure it's doing well. But uh, oh, yeah, right. that's it. But yeah, my hands are a little itchy. You know, actually, I went back to to work yesterday at the University of Michigan. It's all the trees there in the collection and... Um, so that was pretty cool. I really wanted to do some wiring and I was like, no, I, I gotta, I gotta not. So not, not enough time. <laughs> not today. Not today. Yeah. I actually, uh, well, let me just get through the, the rest of the, yeah, sorry. I'm all like, no, blah, 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 blah. but, uh, no, today's topic is going to be, uh, discussion of the new year. And also, um, we want to do a fun opening episode for this year, basically in quotes. So you got a bonsai tree for Christmas. What do you do now? And mm -hmm. it's kind of a scary thing when people are brand new to bonsai and their loved one is like, oh, I got you something really cool this year. And it's this live plant that you have to take care of now. So I've already seen all the posts on the Facebook bonsai groups of look what I got for Christmas. Now what? So <laughs> we figured we'd address that here today. Yeah, yeah. Because we are a beginners to somewhat intermediate bonsai podcast. So we concentrate mm -hmm. on helping people break into bonsai and, and find their footing and uh, and maybe we can have more people continue on you know, brand new and fresh into bonsai this you know this is always like the revelation or the was it yeah. a new, new year's revolution resolution mm -hmm. i guess you can say for bonsai because it's like you could get into it or you could fail really hard at the beginning and just get disheartened and so we want to help out with that we always yeah. do uh but before we get to that do need to mention that our podcast is sponsored by our amazing patron over on patreon.com forward slash little things for bonsai people Head on over to that website and become a Bonsai Best Bud um, and hang out in the Discord and get your name mentioned at the beginning of every episode. And the the um, the list has gotten quite steep. We might have to change it this year. If we hit, mm -hmm. we're almost at the 40 mark, but I might have to Ooh. change it. So I'm going to go ahead, go through this list. I don't know how many more times we're going to be doing it this year, uh, but... Thank you guys so much for. You might have to just shout out the newbies. <laughs> yeah, we might have to just do something uh, shorter and sweeter. But uh, 
Uh, we're going to honor the the way we've been doing it uh, for the time being. Uh, starting off the list with Tori Solis, Vicky Auth, Boyd Snellgrove, Ricky Ruins, Joshua Bentley, Snappy Chappers, Joel Jenkins, Justin Knight, uh, Backyard, Bonsai Australia, Greenwich Gardens, T- Taylor Peacock, Chase Pertweet, Austin Atkins, Karen Codswell, Louis Torres, AC Castle, Bonsai Marine, Joss Potts, Chris Fassoon, uh Timothy Arsenal, Randy Bennett, Victrina Ridgeway, Laurens Bonsai Yard, Nancy Hoffman, Nate Murray, Joshua Roth Tools, J.M. Stewart Woodworking, Warehouse Rat, and then um, and also Varies Bonsai. And then we have a handful of brand new uh, Bonsai Best Buds because we did a an announcement that we would be giving a Joshua Roth Tool away as a as a, one of our first giveaways uh, because that was one of our podcast sponsors thank you so much joshua roth tools for sponsoring our show both in the patreon and also just being an overall just sponsor of us uh so uh we had a bunch of people jump on for that giveaway because at the five dollar level we were giving away josh roth tools and a couple other goodies and uh one of our other boneside best buds uh five dollar best buds won it i'll announce that in a moment but we have new ones with david in he upgraded from a one dollar member to five uh sean seaman Gilbert Juarez, David J. Oh gosh, Betsonchini, Betsonchini. Does that sound right? I don't know. I'm not looking at the list. Let me look. We also, uh, sorry about that. Uh, ben Crehan is also a uh, boneside best bud. So. Yeah. David Bettacini, Bettacini. Bettacini. There we go. Bettacini. And then a shout out to our specimen best buds. So these are our $30 members. Thank you guys so much for subscribing at this level. Uh, Un Ryu N and also Bills Bayou. Thank you so much. Uh, I know Bill personally. Uh, thank you guys so much for subscribing to that, that, that top level there. You guys will be receiving your T-shirts and also uh, thirty-minute sessions with our amazing show hosts, with me, <laughs> Armin, or Mike. We'll be scheduling those uh, every month. That's the the special things you get at that tier. And also, the winner of the Joshua Roth giveaway was uh, Bonsai Marine. So, congratulations, Bonsai Marine! I know Yay, we Yay, Bonsai this, Marine! But also, <laughs> there Sorry. you go. Good tools, Joshua Roth tools, the best. Um, and also, uh, you got a really cool. Uh, hat like a right Ray, Rayuga hat I'm hoping he'll get the uh the package before this episode comes out because I wanted it to be a surprise but you'll see <laughs> uh but yeah I can't go too much further without mentioning our editor Matt O'Donnell he makes us sound smart he cleans up our audio makes us enjoyable to listen to so go over to mattodonnell.com that is o-d-o-n-n-e-l-l.com to fill out a contact form and start your own podcast show with him or uh, just an audio engineering project. He's a set basis living in Nashville, Tennessee. He's an all-around awesome guy. It's in the script. I say it every time. Um, and I know that there is a future project that Matt has in the works right now, and we're excited to be a part of it. Um, so I think we'll be... Oh, you're still not telling me, are you? What? It's still a secret, because you wouldn't tell me last time what the secret uh, project was. Oh, no, it's still a secret. I, ah. You know, we had to keep teasing it. That's how you build it up. You just keep kind of like dropping it. Even get to know. It's not you'll fair. See, you'll see. You'll see. I don't okay. want to spoil anything though. Fine. Fine. Um, but yeah. So yeah, we uh like like I was mentioning earlier, we had a lot of stuff happen this year. We have gone from I mentioned this in the, I know this said this in the Christmas episode last last week where I was just kind of 
you know, going over how thankful we are for things. Obviously, it's the time of the year to be thankful for things, but uh, we're kicking off the new year um, the right way by going in and starting from basically from the roots from the ground up. That's a pun uh, yeah. every single time. Got to say it now that I got the dad, I got uh, dad energy going on. You gotta, yeah, you gotta increase your number of dad jokes here. Oh yeah, yeah. We we're supposed to have a number of uh, dad jokes introduced, <laughs> plugged yeah. into the show. So don't forget. Um, I got a good Christmas joke for you. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Well, since we're coming off the back end of uh, of Christmas, we're going into the new year. Uh, do you want to say it now or? I sure do. Are okay. you ready? Yeah, okay. yeah. Go ahead. Uh, what do you call a skunk at Christmas? Mm, I'm not sure. Jingle smells. <laughs> He doesn't like it. That, one's... <laughs> that stinks. Yeah, that, that that really does stink. Uh, you, you know those? It does stink. That there, that that one that was better. That that was a good run up to that joke. Uh, you know those little little like popper things that you can get for Christmas, where it's like mm-hmm. one person pulls one side and it like has mm-hmm. a little bit of gunpowder. Yeah, Christmas cracker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are pretty awesome because there's still gunpowder in them. Um, they smoke whenever they when you pull them, but um. Yeah, sometimes those pop open. They have like the crown, like the paper crown in them, and a little toy. Mm-hmm. And there's always like some stupid, corny joke in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one that was so ridiculous. I had it in my pocket, and I was going to <laughs> save it. Oh, I need to. I need to see if I can find it. It was kind of ridiculous, but yeah, expect more jokes, especially like that. Uh, something we're trying to plug into the show more often, just to be silly. Um, but yeah, was I? Would, I felt like I was getting onto a tangent for a second, and then I. Oh, yeah. I interrupted you with my joke. You were uh, saying something about being thankful. No, 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 no. It was before the the Patreon shout out. Oh, Patreon shout out. I don't know. Okay. I'm sure we'll get back around to it. Probably. But no. uh, So I don't know if there's any future announcements this year that I can think of right now other than. um, Let's see. I know that. There will be the BCI in Texas, mm-hmm. and then we've mentioned that before, but then there will be Bonsai Central as well, um, which there will be, obviously, we'll have a little uh, advertisement on that later on. They're also a sponsor of our show. Um, but other than that, I can't think of anything else coming up this year. That's yeah. really out of the ordinary. Oh, yeah. Uh, save, uh, save Bonsai. That's happening in, here at my nursery in Folsom. Uh, mm-hmm. That's happening. We're having Mike over here for that. That's going to be really fun. Um, is there anything that you can think of that's happening on the West Coast? Yeah, uh, Pacific Bonsai Expo is happening at the. I think it's the end of October this year. Okay. So there's a new date and a new location. Um, I don't have them off the top of my head, but I believe that they've posted them. So um, get your trees ready. Get ready to submit for Pacific Bonsai Expo. And yep. yeah, I'll be there. Excellent. There, there's you. Mm-hmm. There's you. Uh, a little things cameo over in on the West Coast, mm-hmm. and uh, but by then you'll be, you'll be. I'll be. I'll be Dunzo. I'll be. A graduated. I don't know. <laughs> I'll uh, be done. Will tell you that you are good. Michael will say goodbye. You'll be like, oh. great. Now I have get to- out of my house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I plan to be there anyway. Yeah, and then we'll we'll be uh. When, when was that? We we know that you said it a few times, like September. That'll be yeah, switch. sometime this fall, September, October. It's yeah. it's a little bit flexible at the moment. So cool, cool. Yep. But yeah, other than that, I can't think of any other. 
I know that it's a good time. Like if anyone's if anyone's in the United States and they're planning on doing the national show, uh, Bill Valvanis did announce that he's doing another one. Um, oh, sweet. So that will be next year in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, just putting it out there, this is the perfect opportunity to, if you're looking to put your first tree into a show like that, pot your tree up into the pot that you want it now, like the tree that you're going to submit because giving yourself a full year uh-huh. just to see how the tree performs and see how it grows. Maybe you need to fill in some bald spots or develop some branches. And then when you go into next the next year, you have a full cycle, a full uh-huh. uh, spring, summer, fall, winter into the next year. Uh, that's that's my preferred way to prep trees for a show like that because then you well, know no, no. you have uh, enough time to kind of... Because that's one of the things that happened to me is like I potted up my wing dome that first tree I submitted and then like the next year after the national show was over it just that was the best it looked in my mm-hmm. opinion I was like crap I should have you know I should have yeah. the cycle further so just just putting it out there mm-hmm. give uh, yourself the two years yeah or a year and, and a half ish whatever about whatever that is and yeah give yourself the time to to really get your tree ready but uh, pertaining to the topic of being a beginner's podcast show uh I guess it is a little touch on like we do encourage a lot of people to step towards showing their trees. That is considered beginner topic material. But mm-hmm. um, let's break into our main topic, which is so uh, you either unwrapped or it, it was sitting outside because they didn't want to put it into a box or something, or it was strangely in a stocking um, somehow. Hold on. Which, I mean, that is possible, though. But um, possible. Yeah, it is possible. So you got a bonsai tree for Christmas. Now what do you do? What do you do? I think this is a pretty awesome little topic here. It it, it really hits hits home for me because I at the bonsai nursery sell have sold a lot of just like first time bonsai tree mm-hmm. uh, gifts to people. So they're like, I'm looking for a Christmas present this year, and it's a bonsai tree. And I've heard Thanks. that every year. So yeah, so we got a little list of things to go through here just for you first timers. But I I think we should cover some of the the uh the the red flag like the the kind of like the elephant in the room kind of uh complaint that i have about beginner bonsai stuff do you know mm-hmm. what i'm kind of talking about uh no tell no. me tell me which elephant has arrived the elephant in the room there's would, many of them you know would be the starter kits that include a seed oh, oh and a box. so yep. why would that be bad carmen uh I've seen these and they're they're so <laughs> no, I don't even really know where to start. There's a it's like it's a usually you get multiple species of seed. You get a juniper, maple, you know, maybe a pine, something like that and you get like one tube to grow them all in. And all of these seeds have different germination requirements. You don't know how long these seeds have been sitting on the shelf. I think do you get like a little peat brick or whatever to to yeah. plant that i don't know what kind of soil they go in but it's it's first of all not a great way to germinate seeds because they'll get too humid and too hot and you'll get really long a really long cotyledon so extension of that first shoot and then a juniper a pine and a maple don't ever grow or germinate the same way so growing them all in the same tube just doesn't really work not to mention that it's going to be at least, I don't know, three or five years before you can really do anything with it. So they're cute kits. 
they are like a really cute idea for a gift, but they're really kind of impractical as far as a way to start bonsai. Yeah. And it's, it's something that, um, I've heard a couple of people come up to me personally and be like, oh yeah, you do bonsai. Um, I just got my significant other, a bonsai starter kit and it has a little seed on it. How do I start it? You know, how, what do we do now? And I'm like, who, I mean, it's a good thing you didn't spend too much money on that. Uh, it's kind of, what I, you know, it, it's kind of like my kind of direct thing that I mean I feel bad for saying that but it's yeah. just like mm. I feel bad too but it's like it's really I've I've never seen a success I mean I think it would be an interesting challenge to mm-hmm. open up a new thread on the discord and me you this should Mike, be our 2024 challenge of get a get a grow your own bonsai kit and with grow the bonsai literally seed one and to grow a, a bonsai from seed from from, from it has that, to be from the kit though yes. it can't just be any seed you have to get the kit like I grow uh, Kinzu kumquats from seed mm-hmm. and that is a little bit more fun because they grow fast uh, junipers from seed that's just that sounds I like believe. it would be painful I I yeah I I don't know I'm... Yeah. I think it would be a funny <laughs> little thing it's just like okay well if the show is running for long enough which i have faith in in the show being a long hey, hey. show and we come back and we're like oh how are those trees from 2023 and we're like got like an old man voice um <laughs> so but it'll be 2024 i'm gonna have to get that right yeah. because yeah. the release of this episode we're gonna be in 2020 get it together man yeah but anyway so those are kind of one of the really unfortunate things they're sweet gifts they're you know your, mm-hmm. your significant other was not wrong for wanting to help you get into one of the best, arguably one of the best pastimes and hobbies in the world, but also um, it's just unfortunate. And then the other one that kind of that kind of irks me a little bit is the the classic uh, got a bonsai. It could be any species, but the the rocks are glued on top. Oh, uh, I haven't seen this very often. I used uh-huh. to see it all the time. Like it's gotten better. It five years gotten ago, better. yeah, but there was yeah. nothing but bonsai trees with rocks glued on top. So step one, a, remove rocks that are glued on top. You don't have yeah, to they, do, you don't have to repot it. Take off the glued on rocks. Yeah. And check for the bottom for drainage. But yeah, yeah. let's get into our little list uh, sure. of things. So let's say you got an actual bonsai, like a living plant. Uh, for example, at the nursery here, we sell either a juniper or an elm tree and it comes with, it comes in a pot. It's alive. It's got some size to it. It's actually a full grown grown out plant and it comes with a pair of scissors and it comes with a book uh the book that we use over here is jonas dupuy's little book of bonsai which is a great beginner's book it's a great uh, yeah that's a really and then good we beginner. supply a little a little thing of wire maybe you know sometimes it's like a wire like two like three millimeter aluminum wire it's like 10 mm-hmm. feet of that. um in my opinion that's a great starter gift because they can do a little bit of everything mm-hmm. you know but on on this list uh, that we got, what's the first thing that we start out looking for? I think the first thing you need to know before you do anything is what kind of tree you have. So you need to identify your tree. Um, is it a tropical tree? Is it a temperate tree? And that's going to determine what kind of care you need because both of these are going to be totally different. Um, and from there, I believe your number one goal is just to keep it alive through the winter. Winter is not a great growing season for bonsai. <laughs> so yeah. I think, you know, until next spring, summer, 
keeping it alive is your your main goal. Yeah. Um, so a, a lot of first time bonsai are ficus, fuki and tea, yeah, juniper, uh, elm, like you said, maples. Um, I think those are kind of sometimes a, a jade, a, a portulacaria. Yeah. Uh, we see sometimes azaleas, but azaleas are usually done for like Mother's Day because uh, that's when they're blooming. Or a gardenia. I've seen a lot of the gardenias, like the the plant, like 1-800-Flowers and, you know, those other ones. People be like, here's a bonsai. Don't gardenias flower sometimes in the fall? Mm, yeah, they'll flower fall over winter sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that would make them charming as like a beginner's bonsai plant. Uh-huh. Um, I can think of a list of trees that i would love to be someone's first bonsai but that's not always gonna be the case what What are your recommendations for for first bonsai um so whenever people come in here in in my you have to keep in mind i'm in zone uh nine nine a nine b we're we're, we're always on the fence we're tilting on it uh it's just like how the year goes but for my zone in the united states of america I always recommend a bald cypress, mm-hmm. a winged elm, a humus uh, alata, mm-hmm. or a water elm, a planter aquatica, which these those three trees are all natives and they're going to do really well in this range. And then also they're deciduous. So when you give somebody a gift, those trees are usually the last ones to be picked, especially whenever the person giving the gift also isn't really filled in on what bonsai can and is. Like mm-hmm. what it can be, what it what it is in uh, retrospect, um, and so they're like, I don't want to give my loved one like a dead looking plant. Yeah, and so it's that's why, stick. yeah, it's it's sick, it's dead. The fall color doesn't look like fall color to them. It looks kind of like you know, mm-hmm. and usually by cri- Christmas time, most of the trees have dropped most of their leaves, and so unfortunately, oh. my favorite recommendations for my range would just not, you know, cut the cheese. Um, okay. So. But then you go on and like, okay, if you want something that's going to be a better, a better one, I would say uh, the Procumens Nana. That's kind of just like the Mr. Miyagi tree is what I call it. Um, And that tree is pretty tough. So that would be a decent one. It it automatically has the look that most people are looking for. But as it trickles down from there, um, I would say like a a, uh, Ficus microcarpa, the tiger bark or any of its variants. Mm-hmm. Um, would do great and then also um the fuki and tea is a fair i think fuki and teas are a little bit more challenging than a ficus yeah, ficus is I a pretty are. durable mm-hmm. um and then from there like yeah the portulacaria and mm-hmm. the portulacaria some people look at that one and they're like oh that's cute but it's it doesn't have like that rugged right yeah bag. it just looks like a succulent so it's it can be hard to envision as a as a mature bonsai yeah, but they're an easy tree and they're they're pretty cool. So, and if you guys are first time listeners and you are interested in uh, a good a good beginner piece of material, the I would I would probably say at the top of the list I would probably put Portulacaria there, um, okay. just because it can take a lot of abuse and be you know done things done to it like out of season and it it's a pretty broad. Mm-hmm. Um, Range tree obviously it's tropical so it can't take freezing and a lot of people in the winter time they're like oh i love my tree so i'm gonna keep it inside yeah, um, go over to like little 
Little Jade Bonsai on Instagram. Uh, he's been on our show in the past. We've interviewed him. Um, and he's got great examples of what you can do with that species. And they look great. So, but yeah, <laughs> those are, you know, those are, those are good options. But I know, I think it's like 95% of the time it's going to be a Percumbens Dana Juniper. Yeah. And then the other 5% thing. of the time it's going to be a Japanese maple, which is very weird to me. I see that a mm-hmm. lot too. Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of ficus and a lot of, of juniper. I think that's a lot of what you can find in the the big box stores, especially. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're. Yeah. So I think the trick is once you once you know if it's a, a tropical tree or a temperate tree, that's going to tell you what to do next. And so, again, that's this going to depend really where you live. Right. So if you're in a temperate zone, it's cold outside. If you're in a tropical zone, it's warm outside. So that's going to determine whether you want to keep your tree inside or outside for the remainder of winter. And so generally speaking, bonsai are outdoor trees. But if you get something for Christmas and it's already freezing and snowy outside, but your tree is actively growing or it's been in a greenhouse or it's been in the store for a month, like you're not going to want to just put it outside. So this is like the only case where I would suggest keeping even your juniper or you know something that you know is maybe borderline um temperate uh maybe keep that indoors just because you can't shock it by putting it right out in the snow if you're somewhere where like where evan is you might be able to stick it outside and that would be preferred but if you're in a northern climate um somewhere where it's cold that tree i would probably keep indoors yeah until the spring, at which case you can acclimate it and move it outside. Yeah. And uh, beginners, I know that like beginners intuition is always like, I'm going to keep my bonsai inside. Um, so uh-huh. some like like you just said, sometimes, you know, OK, that worked out. Um, but now as we get further along here and if you are listening to this episode, we can help you out. Um, so uh-huh. Juniper's. This is what I get from the nursery a lot. I get a lot of people who are like, okay, I'm I'm buying this juniper for my loved one. How do I keep it alive until I give it to them? I tell them exactly what they need to know. For my range, you can keep junipers outside um, <laughs> just with no worries. I mean, we have light freezes. Yeah. We have a hard freeze for us is like 28 degrees, which is a joke mm-hmm. in most places. Yeah. Um, and so, and I'm, I always tell people, I'm like, the juniper is going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to hurt this thing's feelings. Yeah. Um, in your range in, in Michigan, it gets a little bit colder. Yeah. This year it's, you know, it's, it's not that cold. So I'm, you might be able to stick a juniper right outside any tropical. Do not keep your tropicals indoors for the yep. winter. Um, if you're well below freezing and you've been below freezing for a long time and you're getting something like a juniper, that's not acclimated to it, either slowly acclimate it to being cold or keep it inside until the springtime. The, case, the only time I will ever tell you to do that. <laughs> worst 95%, scenario, 99% of the time, I'm going to tell you to put your juniper outside. But yeah. worst if you case have a ficus, if is, you have any tropical, keep it indoors. Yeah. Keep it outdoors unless it's freezing outside. Like, yeah. and for a temperate or juniper, I would say below freezing, just bring it indoors for the night and then put it back outside as soon as the temperature <laughs> goes back up above freezing. 
uh, for tropicals. And that way you should be able to acclimate it too and eventually just leave it outdoors, I think. Yeah. It over, I think over the course of like a month or so, if it starts like yeah. showing you signs of distress, then obviously, uh, then, yeah. and, and unfortunately with junipers, if usually when they show signs of distress, it's, it might be a little bit worse off. It's than, already gone. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let's not talk about that just yet. But with the tropicals, yeah. my rule of thumb with my range, because I'm a little bit more humid in the days mm-hmm. to be like a roller coaster here, like it's, it was 30. For example, it was 31 this morning and it'll reach probably about 70 degrees during the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I tell people as soon as it's above 40 degrees, it's very, very important for my for a more temperate uh, tropical ranges. Uh, 40 degrees, put your tropical back outside. It'll be fine. In fact, some tropicals need that kind of cooler weather to help them kind of wind Mm -hmm. down. Yeah, Um, they do go through kind of a dormant period or a slow period, even though they stay evergreen. Yeah. The yeah. low light will actually slow them down too. So even though yeah. I have a lot of, tr- we we have our greenhouse uh, over here at the nursery as a, gl- a gas heater finally installed in it, and it's keeping the temperature above 50. Mm-hmm. They still won't grow nearly as aggressively as, as they would if it was in the middle of summer when we have, you know, the sun comes up at six o'clock in the morning and doesn't go down yeah. until like almost eight or nine o'clock in the, in the evening. It's insane yeah. in the middle of summer. But now the sun comes up at, like seven and goes down at five so that length of of the day puts them into a natural dormancy anyway um so yeah um so yeah just work your way into it with your tree uh light Mm -hmm. is very important that's the next thing on the list so tell us about light yeah so if you're gonna keep your tree inside so if you have you know if you're living in a freezing cold climate and you have to keep uh, something like a juniper indoors um or if you're anywhere that's too cold to keep your tropical outside you want to either keep that in the brightest window you have or and or add a supplemental light and so what kind of light you want is a a grow light full spectrum grow light you can get these for like 20 bucks at any big box store you can find little individual grow lights on amazon for like 10 bucks Um, you can even just get a grow bulb and put it in one of your like desk lamps and stick a tree under it um I would recommend anywhere from eight to 12 hours of supplemental light throughout the winter. And this is going to just keep your plant healthier. Uh, Don't be shocked if any of your tropicals drop leaves because they will drop leaves for a light change. So if you go from really bright to really dark, they'll drop their leaves and put out leaves that are more adapted to shade. Or if there's a big temperature change, they'll drop their leaves and put out a new set of leaves. So if if you end up getting yellowing and falling leaves, usually it's fine. Um, it's just a light or temperature situation. So, but I would definitely recommend if you're keeping any of your plants inside to give them some kind of supplemental light. Um, it will be the best for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that doesn't mean that we're talking towards like, oh, well it's growing pretty well inside. And then like spring and summer comes around and you just like, I'll just keep it inside. Cause I love hanging my tree inside. Right. Um, this is just to keep you, keep it alive through this winter and if it's a tropical, you know, you'll probably want to bring it inside again next winter. But we're trying to just get you into springtime, into the growing season when you can take your trees outside. Yeah. And your yeah. all of your trees will grow a lot more with ease, giving them an actual light source. And and, and, and they'll, ha- they'll be able to actually store energy, grow healthy right. foliage. And I mean, because being in your house, 
it's kind of like being in a cave. And yeah. sometimes people use, I know that some people use UV for like certain mm-hmm. rooms, depending on what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. Or or like, uh, it just depends on how your house is lit. But anytime that, that you have a regular, just like fluorescent bulb, it's, yeah. it means nothing to the tree. Um, mm-hmm. It can't do anything with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, light, I mean, when people ask me, oh, I just bought this, uh, for example, like a bald cypress. And I'm like, how much light do I give it? So I was like, and I always think to myself, how much light does a bald cypress need? Yeah. Like a that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, it's an outstanding amount of light. But when it's mm-hmm. dormant, like if you're one of those uh, people that got a deciduous tree for Christmas and it's got no leaves on it, then the, the amount of light doesn't really matter. I mean, that tree can mm-hmm. live in the shade for yep. X amount of months and then be fine. Yep. As long as it doesn't get sopping wet and then start developing uh, fungus. Oh, hey, Carmen, did I tell you about Bonsai Central yet? No, I don't think you have. Oh, I, I think I might have mentioned it a few other times, but it's going to be May 3rd through 5th in 2024 in St. Louis, Missouri. It's basically the national show, but it's going to be Central America, and it's going to be an awesome show with cash awards and prizes. Uh, there's going to be a professional bonsai show and a kusamono show as well. Ooh. With the presentation during dinner with uh, for rewards and whatnot. But if you want to submit a tree, I think you have to submit two to four photos and you need a brief description of your tree and send it over to the contact form at bonsaicentral.com. That's bonsai-central.com. But there's going to be vendors there too. Do you know what vendors were included? Did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard that it's going to be something like 25 plus of the best vendors from around the country. So like including nurseries, potters, stand makers, tool suppliers and all of that. But like specifically, I, I thought I heard that there was going to be American potters like. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Now Tochutake is going to be there. Vicki Chamberlain, Eli Atkins of Waldo Street Pottery, April Grigsby, Roy Minari and Byron Merrick. Um Sellers of imported Japanese and antique Chinese pots are going to be there, too. That's amazing. I mean, there must be like a pretty good lineup for this show as far as like their headliners. There should be some really good bonsai artists. Do you have any idea who that might be? I think I might have heard about Bjorn, but there's some other ones, right? Oh, yeah. Bjorn's going to be there. Uh, Tyler Sherrod as well. Maria Hayek, uh, Andrew Robson, Maro Stenberger and Young Cho. Oh. I think there's going to be workshops, show walkthroughs, critiques, all that stuff. Yeah, that sounds awesome. There should be somewhere to go on bonsai-central.com and you can fill out the opportunities to do workshops with these professionals. They have really great material, I've heard. It's going to be stuff like twisted junipers and, and, and old fused maples and really awesome pieces of material for Young's Cosimono class. So I think if you guys are interested, y'all should go check out bonsai-central.com and see if you can register for the show, sign up for workshops if they're still available. But I'd, I'll definitely be there this year. Awesome. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah thank you, uh, Bonsai Central, for sponsoring our show. Now, our next point is water. Yeah. So when you have been, growing trees inside is so much more complicated than growing trees outside. You just run into so many more problems because you don't have the same kind of climate that's, you know, your trees interacting with essentially a fake climate. So watering, um, a lot of times the instructions on a big box bonsai will be like water once a week or whatever, you know, and that's, that's not going to work. What you, what you need to do is 
like water your tree thoroughly. And that means like put it in the sink, run water through it, whether it's your tap water or filtered water or whatever your whatever kind of water you're going to use, run water through your pot until it's coming out of the bottom and is thoroughly soaked. Let your plant get dry to the touch. The soil will get dry, like uh, pretty dry to the touch, not like sandy, sandy dry, but like mostly dry and then water it again. So you're going to have to figure out how much water your plant is using over time. It's not a schedule. Your plant's going to change based on how it's growing, where it's located, if it's above a heat vent, if it's not above a heating vent. Um, So soak your tree, figure out how long it takes to dry out, check it every day. Um, Maybe check it twice a day if it's really going i've never had an indoor tree that's needed water more than once a day but uh be sure to check it when it starts to dry out that's when you're going to want to want to water it again um you don't want to keep it wet all the time because then you're going to get fungal issues fungus gnats uh your tree's going to get unhealthy and very unhappy um i think overwatering is probably one of the number one killers of indoor house plants in general mm-hmm. especially over winter yeah, one of the things that um, I wanted to kind of go back to that you mentioned mm-hmm. a little bit earlier was uh, watering in the sink. And one of the mm-hmm. things that it could be that watering in the sink, obviously getting water however you can get to the, get to the plant is going to be the most vital thing. But the delivery of the water for me, whenever I talk to people who are watering their trees for the first time, if you're going to water with a straight stream, you want to watch out for a few okay. things. You don't want to blast yeah. the soil out of your pot. You don't want to create a hole in the root system where you can see literally bare mm-hmm. roots, like fibrous roots. That's awful because those roots will die instantly when they dry out. Okay. And then also um, you want to make sure that you're not just watering that one side, depending yeah. on what type of soil your tree is in. If it's in a peat moss type soil and it and peat moss is terrible about drying out and becoming a, a hydrophobic. hydrophobic where it won't yeah. absorb, it'll just kind of go around. And then yeah. also, if it is saturated, you might run into a situation where you water one side and only one side of the pot will get wet. Mm-hmm. So when you water, I think best case scenario is getting yourself like a, a watering can or mm-hmm. using the sprayer, like, you know, like the sprayer. Yeah, like the little, yeah, I like to use the little sprayer on my house plants. Yeah, the sprayer that comes off your kitchen sink mm-hmm. with the shower head, that's so much better. You get cut full mm-hmm. coverage and soak yeah. it. Yeah. If you're going to use your actual sink faucet, take it down to a trickle and, you know, make sure you get all the bits of the pot. Um, but I I do recommend doing this in a sink or bathtub so that you can get like a full. It doesn't have to be that water, but it has, but that will let you get the whole thing wet and let the water run out without worrying about getting it on your carpet or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, there was something else. Oh, if you do have a situation where you have that peat moss or whatever in there that's really hydrophobic, um, you could fill up a dish of water and set your tree in it and it will suck it up from the bottom and that'll get that rehydrated for you so that you can start top watering again. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I I can't stress it enough that I feel like watering is like one of the biggest downfalls of, and, uh, you know, first time, you know, and, and also people say or ask me, how often do I water my tree? Yeah, I don't know <laughs> when it's, it's really, dry. Really hard to tell. Yeah, you got to figure it out, and it's a it's a little bit of a learning curve. So pay attention to it. Start with it soaking wet, 
and then let it dry down and watch watch how fast it dries. Um, then you'll be able to kind of over about a month, you'll be able to figure out kind of what your schedule is. But just remember that's going to change um, with your tree and the season. So um, watering, lights, and also the next thing that we, we should talk about, and th- this will probably be a little bit more important as we move into the springtime, which for some people, springtime for me is in two months. For some, for some people, springtime is in five to June. six months. Yeah, it's, May, June. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, some people have gro- shorter growing seasons. So, but fertilizer is kind of like mm-hmm. the next point that needs to be made on keeping your tree healthy. Because I mean, that's the only thing that feeds the tree. That's the only way you can grow leaves and shoots and and mm-hmm. roots and layers of bark. I mean, that's what makes the tree develop. So. Tell us about some fertilizer practices. Well, sometimes if you're getting a tree from an actual bonsai nursery, sometimes you will already have round colored all either like yellow or green. um, And that's a slow release fertilizer, uh, in which case you don't necessarily want to add anything else to it. That is probably going to get you through to your growing season. Um, If there's no fertilizer on your tree, you can go a couple different routes you can go slow release which is again like the osmocote or they've got a bunch of other kinds of pellets specifically for bonsai um so essentially what happens with the slow release is you apply it once as you water uh the some of it is released each time that you water and so your plant is constantly getting this kind of slow feed of fertilizer the other option is a liquid fertilizer like miracle grow or fish emulsion or there's you know as many different kinds of liquid fertilizers as there are opinions about which liquid fertilizer to use. Um, And so if you're going to do a liquid fertilizer, you can either do it weekly, weekly. So a weak solution of fertilizer, about half strength every week, or you can do it full strength every other week. Um, You can do this in addition to slow release, but I think especially with it being winter and your trees aren't actively growing as much, probably pick either a bit of slow release or a weak solution of fertilizer every week or every two weeks just to keep it, you know, kind of maintenance mode until you can get it outside. How do you feel about that? It's, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, you know, in depth of just like basic needs yeah. of how to fertilize and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I you can and, do that with your orchids and other house plants too. Yeah. And it's, and, and, we're only talking about synthetic. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's no, you could do organics. Yeah. As well. and that's kind of one of the things that also comes up a lot is, is this bonsai food or is this just plant food? You know? Mm, well, technically it's not food, but. <laughs> yeah. It, technically it's. Technically it's nutrients, but. Nutrients, but it translates for, for uh, layman's terms for people who are, you know, Right. If you're going to go to the store, you're going to buy some plant food. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, uh, what the kids say, dead ass. Mm -hmm. Um, I, (laughs) I didn't know when I got into bonsai. So this is kind of one of the things is like, get into bonsai, never had potted plants or successfully grown potted indoor plants of any kind. Mm -hmm. And, bonsai gets separated in your mind and you're like oh well this is 
something else. It doesn't need fertilizer like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the bigger downsides. Watering is usually the biggest issue. And Mm -hmm. then when the watering part's figured out and then the tree's not like growing right. And you're like, I'm doing, I'm watering it. What, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. What am I doing? Fertilizer always comes into it. And it just, in my brain, it didn't connect for several years. Mm -hmm. That, That honest truth. When I first started doing bonsai over a decade ago, I was watering my trees, loving my trees, and then I would fertilize them and go, oh, well, they, they're hungry. You know, that's where the, it's like mm-hmm. food. It translates to, I'm going to feed my fish or I'm going to feed my dog or, or, you know, whatever other living thing. And it translates differently for plants. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, it, the best way to think about it is it's a, we're introducing nutrients, individual components that they need for different times mm-hmm. of the year. Um, yeah. And it's just, that's real. It's a steep learning curve for a lot of people who get into bonsai. And mm-hmm. you really, that's why another one of the things kind of going back to the species selection, you kind of want to get a species that doesn't really have special requirements. Like, you know, pH levels are important to this plant or, mm-hmm. um, or fertilizing with too much nitrogen during a certain time of the year is bad for this plant. You want to get a plant that doesn't really care too much about those requirements. Yeah. And that'll make, that'll kind of clear up a lot of your fertilizer questions and needs early on until you, you know, decide that you want to move up to the next level and get something that's mm-hmm. a little bit more finicky. Um, yeah. It's like going from a bald cypress here in, in in my range and then finding out that there are vaccinium that grow wild here that are amazing specimen. Uh, I mean, not specimen, but they are a specimen to be made into bonsai. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they require, they have blueberry plant requirements, which are yeah chaotic. Uh, like very, yeah very different than something like a bald cypress exactly for sure. you know yeah. the the requirements for those fertilization and treatment during each time of the year is way different from bald cypress mm-hmm. which is just like that and you guys made a joke on the previous episode it always comes up you always hear me say that it's probably gonna be like if you if matt went through and like like clipped out all the times i said bald cypress it would be the most said species <laughs> and probably were likely apart from the the a and the all the other Uh words that i use but yeah it's just a that species almost doesn't care what you do to it but for a vaccinium you got to be really careful you can't just go in and willy-nilly yeah uh but and then when it comes to like synthetic versus organics i always try to steer people just straight to synthetics first Mm -hmm. because organics is that's where you get complex synthetic is much more straightforward it's the it, easiest route to go in the beginning and it works right now it, yeah it works right now it will get you through this period through this learning curve until you can spend more time learning and researching and doing the things you want to do so. yeah so so far we've gone through how to identify it mm-hmm. uh, how to keep it over winter the light the water and the fertilizer so once all these, and that's kind of like how, uh, I would say this is the best way. There's a great, just like start from the, the bottom of like horticulture potted mm-hmm. practices. So mm-hmm. stuff yeah, in the number ground. Number one, you're just trying to keep your plant alive. Yeah. <laughs> keep like it alive. You can do it. I believe in, in you. In a, in a pot. This is one thing I want to say real quick. A plant in a pot versus a plant in the ground is drastically different. Mm-hmm. A pot, a potted plant is a hostile environment for a plant automatically. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's not the way nature intended it. Mm-hmm. And as humans, we want them in containers and bonsai is like the, kind of like the biggest defender of that is like, I want my tree in the pot and I want it in my hands. 
And so like, okay. it's, <laughs> it's not the most comfortable thing for a plant, ma- mm-hmm. like majority of the time. So, right. Um, and I, I compare this every once in a while you hear me compare this to like how a, how an engine runs like a, like a, a motor in your car. So if yes. you have gas, oxygen, and, um, and, and, and like basically your spark, Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of the the components of how an engine runs for a plant. It's light water fertilizer. Mm-hmm. And that's so, a good analogy, actually. Yeah, without and it makes those, sense too. Like with the engine, you have to do maintenance. You have to change out your fluids. You got to do all the things. Look at me talking about engines. Like I know right. a thing. Yeah, Carmen's gonna go uh, bust her knuckles up after this podcast is over. Now, mm-hmm. go change the oil in the lawnmower. Uh, but no, the. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it, without the, without one of those components, something's going to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but once we get to that point, then what I'm leading up to there is once we get to that point, then your your plant starts growing and you're like, oh, okay. Now it's getting to a point where for some newer people to Boneside, they're, they're, they don't know how to gauge growth rate. And so there's mm-hmm. like, it's out of control or it's, it grew like two leaves. So... This podcast is supported by Bonsai Bar, the beginner bonsai workshop popping up in breweries all across the Northeast. Bonsai Bar is two hours of tiny tree goodness disguised as a night out with friends. Come grab drinks, create a new tree, and watch as your friends and family get the bug for bonsai. Bonsai Bar is always looking for teachers and assistants, and you listen to this podcast, so you're probably already qualified. Bring your knowledge out to the bar. Apply today. Find event tickets, contact info, and more at bonsaibar.com. But uh, it does maintenance wise bleed up to uh, one more thing that we do need to talk about before we get to like how to prune and how to shape is uh, pest control. Oh, God. Inside pests on your plants are the worst. I feel like anytime you bring in a plant for the wintertime or you introduce a plant inside, they're just going to get bugs like. Uh, especially trees, if, especially if they've been outside and you bring them in, they're like, ah, and then the bugs are like, ooh, yum. So I think your most common household pests are spider mites, aphids, yep. and mealybug. Sometimes yeah, you'll see fungus gnats, and that's, you know, when you have wet soil and it looks like there's little gnats flying around, um, that's, that's a, a signal that you're watering too much. Those fungus gnats aren't actually going to hurt your plant. They're just kind of a nuisance to have around your house it makes you feel kind of um, a little bit like having fruit yeah flies. you're like oh god well but yep. yeah spider mite aphid and mealybug well so should we talk about each one or should we just talk about general yeah, just how do we want to do it keep it light um <laughs> just how to generalize how to take care of the how to take because <laughs> like most insecticides will kind of eradicate all of them as a group and, yeah um, this is true so you know a lot more about the pest side and mm-hmm. uh, we have done ep- an episode last uh our last year i guess you can say where you yeah. kind of go over that uh if you guys mm-hmm. want to refer back to it but we'll that those conversations will come up it is a very important uh topic mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't talk about mm-hmm. uh, yes so when you're when you're inside when you're dealing with house plants you don't really want to use your the same kind of chemicals you would use outside Um, those can be pretty toxic and you don't really want to bring them into your house. So I think 
one of the easiest things to do is just rinse your plant off in the sink or the shower. Like yeah. you can move, remove a lot of spider mites, a lot of aphid, a lot of mealybug with a good steady stream of water. So if you're going to do something like this, you want to protect your soil so that it doesn't run all over the place and come out in the pot. But um, you can spray down your leaves. Be sure to get top bottom. Um, the other thing you can use is a soap, which you can buy pre-made. Um, sometimes I will mix a little bit of like Dawn dish detergent in with, uh, I think Dawn and Ivory work pretty well with a little bit of water in a spray bottle and squirt my leaves down. Yeah. Um, and then rinse that off under the sink or in the shower, whenever. rinse that off. Um, with mealybug, they're going to look real cottony. Uh, with aphid, you're going to see these little bugs and the sticky stuff on your leaves. Um, you can also manually remove, oh, scale is the other one. Uh, scale's a little more difficult to get rid of. Scale's a little bit trickier. That one you might want to manually remove. So get your fingernail out and get them off the leaves if you can. Um, If you want to use something like a systemic insecticide or a harsher insecticide, uh, take your plant outside for the day. Pick a nice day, (laughs) squirt it down outside, let it dry um, before you bring it back in. but yep. a lot of times you can get away with just a lot with dish soap, water or insecticidal soap, um, even just manually removing stuff, which is gross, but you can do it. Alcohol in yep. a cotton swab, that works well, too, especially for scale. You can kind of scrape them off with a little Q-tip with some alcohol on it. Family. And Pro tip. And one of the things, too, is you notice we're talking about the, the plant being indoor. Uh, once we get this plant acclimated outdoor, a lot of your issues with bugs and pests and stuff like this will be taken care mm-hmm. of. Depending yep. on the species, if it does well in your range, mm-hmm. a lot of these issues will clear up because of other, you'll have, uh, you know, bugs higher on the food chain will take care of some yeah. of these Yeah, uh, they'll be natural predators. Your plant will be stronger and less susceptible to attack from bugs. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then if you're watering your trees on the days that you water, like every day when you get into the hotter part of the year or every once in a while during the, the cooler times of the year, um, I will do this every once in a while. I'll take my my sprayer hose. I'll, I'll use a shower uh, setting on there. I always use shower anyway, but I have to specify that. Um, but use a shower, not mist. You don't use stream or blast. No, I don't use the... <laughs> The, uh, the the turbo Power blast. on my on my hose when I water my trees, but uh, every once mm-hmm. in a while I will kind of do like a because um, I use a very I forget what what you call it, but because we draw we we do have like dram prod- products in our store where we have mm-hmm. um, the number of little holes that you can get for a, a lighter stream. Mm-hmm. You switch over to like your yeah. your just lower count, and it's a little bit more of a brisk. Uh, shower i go from the underside Mm -hmm. and i'll do this during winter to blast off old foliage that's just clinging on for too long on my deciduous trees and then my my pines and junipers and other evergreens i'll go into there and just give them a nice little quick you know five five ten second bath to blast Mm -hmm. off bugs and pests that are just kind of because they're they're in the winter they're looking for for somewhere to like hang out and fester so Mm -hmm. getting in there and blasting stuff out of there that works pretty well too yeah. Um, yeah, I've had luck with that as well. What? Blasting them out? Oh, yeah. Especially spider mites, because a lot of times if you use, you don't like 100% do not use a systemic insecticide on spider mites because it actually makes them stronger and <laughs> you'll have more of them. Oh, yeah. If you're going to use something on a spider mite, use a contact 
spray or a miticide, don't use the systemic. They love it. They'll breed 100 times faster and you'll um, have super mites. So, yeah. yeah. So that's- it's almost like don't spray them, but do. Yeah. yeah. Get them with water. If that's not working, try a miticide or some kind of insecticidal soap or contact killer. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for funguses and stuff, that can be the result of overwatering uh-huh. or if the species has a, a very particular fungus that attacks it, uh-huh. um, that's, it, that was kind of like reminds me of talking about these pests and diseases too. It's like, if you got a good beginner's book, I had mentioned earlier uh-huh. uh, Jonas's book, uh-huh. there are a lot of other beginner's books on the market. Usually, you know, you have a good book. A, be, a good bonsai beginner's book when you flip through and there is a, a there is a pests and funguses section yeah. and they show you photos of it yeah that means that they actually put some thought into the care of the trees mm-hmm. um, and it'll give you an, an identifying factor because you can google you know what is this on my leaf or on my tree or you go to a facebook group and you're like took a picture mm-hmm. of your tree and you'll get a and like hey guys what is this and you'll get a hundred different answers and a different you know ways to treat it mm-hmm. it's just a good a good book that tells you about pests and diseases straight on especially mm-hmm. like i don't think a lot of people will do this especially beginner bonsai people but get like a pest and diseases like book from college level pest and diseases yeah. uh mm-hmm. that's going to be one of the best ways and like we've talked about this in the past carmen you've mentioned this that like pest control has kind of been the same for a while like we got that part mm-hmm. figured out yeah yeah, and uh, there's a really great resource online. I think it's like the Pacific Northwest Plant and Disease Management Handbook or something. You can type in the species of plant you have, and then it'll list all of the options for pests and diseases, and you can click on them, and they've got pictures and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good resource. But yeah, if you're running into a fungal issue, 99% of the time, it's an airflow problem and a overwatering problem. Um, you can try a fungicide on your plant but i think more likely try removing that section of plant if it's really bad um or uh just changing your water trying to get some more airflow and giving the you know just give the plant a little bit more space yeah um, um but yeah after we but with a it- lot of these you don't really have issues i think it's mostly you would find that maybe on a juniper or something like that but a lot of like the ficus and stuff they don't really have a lot of fungal issues inside um and, which is nice yeah um now that i i think we've gotten through you know light water fertilizer pests and everything's growing great um mm-hmm. i like how you put all the notes here it says uh just don't do anything don't try to go uh overboard do anything crazy don't touch it yeah just let it grow. Let it get strong. Yeah. If you have a tree, it's inside over the winter. It's not, winter is never its primary growing season. Even if you have a tropical, this is not its primary growing season. It's great that it's growing. It means it's alive. It's doing things. Let it get that strength. Um, let it get strong. Let it grow. You can cut it later when you move it outside. Um, unless unless you're, you know, intermediate moving up and you know when to cut I would suggest for most beginners to just just let things grow let it acclimate let it get strong and then address you know 
foliage maintenance in the springtime once you move it outside. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't get to see the the moments that we're talking about when it comes to bonsai on Instagram and Facebook, online, pictures and books and stuff. You see those trees when they're at their best and they look mm-hmm. great. They've just been pruned or wired, but they don't really show that time when the tree is just growing out or it looks ragged or it's not necessarily a bonsai just yet. And so this is one thing that's kind of hard to for a lot of beginners to wrap their head around is when the tree gets to a point where it's starting to grow and you're like, I can't let it do that. And then you're cutting off a shoot and then it does it right. again because you cut it back and it wants it really does need to grow that that shoot out to build resources, to build root system, to gather whatever it needs to to keep becoming healthy. And you keep mm-hmm. turning that shoot off and then eventually you're like, I tried my best to keep my bonsai in shape and it kept growing and then I trimmed it back and I was I thought I was doing the right thing and it weakened it and then it starts dying mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, maybe, right. I, you know, what am I doing wrong now? And and that's, I think it's the best thing to say to a lot of people is let it grow. And mm-hmm. I and I will go on the, so there's like the yin and the yang, like the 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 good, the the devil on the shoulder and the angel on the shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. This is good. Let it grow. Bad. Uh, tell somebody that their tree needs to be put in the ground or put into a bigger Ooh. pot or it's not, you know, it's not good enough yet. You know, yeah. that's kind of usually the, the biggest disheartening factor is when you go on the online forums and stuff and you keep mm-hmm. on hearing me call back to this. Um, we've said this on previous episodes. Be careful with online forums and Facebook groups that mm-hmm. you go into. Um, because some people will give you kind of misdirection on this and it's like, but, oh, my tree's growing. And then someone looks at that picture and they're like, but it's just not good enough. This is, you know, put it in the ground. People That's can not- be really mean. Yeah. People can be mean. So <laughs> at you, you'll learn that as you get into the, uh, we're, we are a nice show, um, except for our, except for our critiques. Um, but we are a nice show. <laughs> We want everybody to succeed. We want everybody to have a good time. Bonsai, in my opinion, like I said earlier, is one of the best things you can do as far as a mm. pastime or hobby. So it's very rewarding. And you don't want to tell people that, you know, they got their tree growing and then you're like, put it in the ground. And then you connect to yourself. You're like, what's the point of even having it in this pot? Don't put it in the ground. Don't put it in the ground. Just let it grow. Yeah. I've grown trees in pots for a very good amount of time and seen them go from as big as my pinky to nearly as big as my wrist and I'm and that kind of stuff is that's kind of what it's about in some aspects sometimes people love container grown only Mm -hmm. trees and some people love like I've got a little bit of both I've got stuff I'm growing in the ground cutting it in the ground and I've got stuff that I've I've grown from seed in a pot and I'm just growing it from I'm it's a challenge everything's a challenge Mm -hmm. like growing from a seed in a pot it's entire life that's interesting but growing in the ground is really kind of an advanced technique because you really have to know when to root prune when to top prune yeah how to manage it it's a whole different story yeah yeah and leave the leave the growing to the growers you know like people like me who operate a growing nursery go Mm -hmm. you know or john aids in uh left coast bonsai uh, john he's awesome guy he's doing growing operations in his part of the of the united states and that's what we do. We take the trees from seedlings, from cuttings, throw them in the ground, grow them out. And then when we pot them mm-hmm. up, they should be good enough for a beginner to take that piece of material and 
grow it in the container for the remainder of that tree's existence and get something that they mm-hmm. need. So, uh, but let, let it grow. Yeah. Let it grow out. Watch videos online. Read books. Gather as much information as possible. Mm-hmm. So, For yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, I think you mentioned something really, really important that people only see bonsai like show ready display ready like bonsai aren't meant to be kept in that shape all the time you might be surprised walking into a professional's yard in may when the (laughs) maples are extending you know what i mean like the maples look ridiculous we let them grow until they've hardened off we don't usually trim extensions until june or july so sometimes we'll be cutting a foot off of a maple um of a maple shoot or six inches or three you know like we let the pines you know we don't prune them till the fall the hemlocks get three times as dense in the summertime we don't prune them till now so the junipers are going to go bananas those that's a summer and fall thinning exercise you know it's like so late winter early spring into summer let your tree grow the time for pruning it and siling it is later in the season. You don't have to keep it in shape all the time. If you do, you will weaken your tree. Yeah. So yeah, that is Speaking a those, super, super important point for, for beginners, I think. Speaking of things being just- And that, yeah, like you said, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you said like the maples will be all blown out and the, the yeah. hemlocks will be super duper dense. And <laughs> it makes me think about my yard right now is, is a combination of, trees i'm still waiting for them to give up like their fall color Uh into their actual like leaves are starting to fall off and so some of my Uh trees are just half fall color half bare really long extensions on developed trees and you and you just you would walk like you say you walk into a professional's yard and you're like what is going on here excuse me what letting these trees slowly die they look awful (laughs) you know and so, like, my bald cypresses have that brown foliage on them right now. But uh, me and you had talked about this earlier. It's like some of these trees, when they hit that fall color and stuff, it's like, I want to see that fall color into that into that that dry leaf color for a mm-hmm. longer time than some people think. Mm-hmm. And it does look a little ridiculous sometimes. And it's that mm-hmm. appreciation of the season um, mm-hmm. for, like, beach and hornbeams will get the... Oh, yeah round crumbly leaves and everybody's like what do you what is that why why did why yeah. did you leave that on there you know yeah the beaches will hold on to their leaves you have to you have to force those puppies off yeah they're never gonna drop them but yeah um i mean black pines in the fall look hilarious like especially when they're unbalanced you know they've got needles that are sticking up above the old ne- <laughs> the new needles or the old needles are yeah. twice as long as this year's needles and so they just look silly until you can go I mean, through them and clean them up our black pines so. are they do like a shed this time mm. so we have like yellow needles mixed in with green needles yeah we've got some they'll sometimes shed some of them but most of them are manual removal for at least as far as the ones that were that are developed um because mm-hmm. you do so much plucking in the, the springtime as well but yeah, yeah so then like you said this is a great time to study to look at books look at pictures figure out where you want to go with your tree um so is your tree so young that you're really in a development stage that you're just kind of growing it out and creating initial structure does it already have some kind of style are you just going to maintain it um so figure out what you wanted to do this next season find a local club find a teacher find a class um yep whether it's 
online or in person, something like that. So you have somebody to go to for questions. Um, and then once your weather starts to warm up, you're going to want to transition it outside. Yep. Um, and, and at that point, that's when you would consider repotting, I think. Um, a lot of times you don't need to repot. There's a point that I would really like to kind of yeah, yeah. put my two cents in on because I saw that on there and I think this is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, I had someone come in not too long ago and we had a juniper in a training pot and they really wanted it in a, it wasn't in a ceramic pot. They were like, it doesn't look like bonsai to me. And I'm like, well, it technically is and isn't bonsai at the same time because uh-huh. this is a beginner's plant. But, you know, I had I had to go through and, you know, cus- cu- it's like the customer's always right kind of situation in this, but also... The customer's wrong. That, well, I'm just the customer's always right, uh, even in bonsai. But no, they're not. Well, I Sorry. go... And I go in and I just told, I told the <laughs> customer that, you know, we can put it in the pot yeah. that you want, but it ha- it's going to have to be the same size. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be able to do anything out of the ordinary. We're not getting into a smaller pot. We're not getting into a different style of pot. It has, the mm-hmm. root system has to match that. And your tree's nope. going to look, because it was a smaller juniper, I was like, it's going, the pot's going to look, look big. Mm-hmm. But that was what the customer wanted. So, mm-hmm. We did. That's it. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is that's and it's a question I get a lot from a lot of people is like, as soon as they get their tree, especially if it's in a grow out pot, we have a lot of that here at the nursery and they're like, can I go in and repot this now? You know, or is my loved one OK to repot this as soon as they open it on Christmas Day and they have they, they have some downtime this week? And no, I, don't touch it. Yeah. Don't do anything. <laughs> and what you want to do is when you get to the springtime and you know your species, and you know, when it's supposed to be repotted. Consult with your local bonsai professional. I know there's some people who are, it's unfortunate where they just don't have a professional garden or a bonsai nursery near them. Um, But there are a lot of places where you can find a professional nursery, either work, like reach out to them, give them a phone call in your range. That's that's another thing I think a lot of people don't really take advantage of too is, for instance, um, let's say somebody lives in Northern Louisiana and mm-hmm. the only place they have to go in northern Louisiana, let's say they're in like Monroe. Um, I think that's right. That's like four or five hours from me. Um, and it's like, oh, I'm going to drive four or five hours. And I've had a couple of people actually come down because they know that's like the only place. And unless they unless they want to like drive somewhere, you know, a little bit further, there's a mm-hmm. couple of further spots. But it's it's totally acceptable to just call the nursery i've had people call yeah. me and say i have questions about bonsai that's that's perfect that's beautiful yeah please call a professional that is within your range before mm-hmm. you go into thinking about i'm going to repot this tree mm-hmm. getting some kind of insight either over the phone or even better best is in person because then they can see the tree they can that's see close. the soil it's in they can see the pot that you're you that's i that's your ideal pot that you want to put your tree in and you should get that consultation on yeah. your tree. Absolutely. I so. mean, heck, even if you don't know who to call, like leave us a comment on Instagram, shoot us a DM, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. That's what we're here for. We yeah, throw questions into my inbox. I don't care. I think I do that all the time. I always answer questions for people. I've got folks texting me, messaging me all the time. What the hell do I do? Yeah. Um, like, let me tell you. So, yeah, yeah. That's part of the reason why when we put our show together that we made sure that we had, 
someone who deals with tropicals like Mike, someone who mm-hmm. deals with a lot of temperate uh, subtropicals like me, and somebody mm-hmm. who deals with a little bit more of a, well, I guess you would say the the colder range, alpine yep. range stuff and evergreen stuff like Carmen does. Hello. And I mean, and we all arguably have a spectrum of of experiences mm-hmm. from traveling or we working with, with prefer, preferred species or out of range species as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, not to say not to say anything, but I mean, I guess our show is a good reference uh, for going through and yeah. figuring things out. We've got, um, a, yeah, we got a nice wide variety of, of of inputs here, so that can be really, really useful. And I mean, previous Evan episode. and I text each other all the time. What am I doing? How do I yeah. do this? What do you think? So get some friends and <laughs> yeah, get some friends. Get step some one, friends, God. get friends, just friends uh, in general. Or and then step two, find bonsai all. people. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of the other things beginners run into a lot. I mean, maybe not at Christmas time, but if you get something in the middle of the summer, you know, you're excited you have a new tree, you try to repot it and style it the same day that you bought it. And that's just gonna, that's gonna set you way back. So a lot of patience is necessary. There's a kind of a big learning curve, but there's enough resources out there at this point that it's not as hard to find the information that you need. Um, the other note I want to say about repotting is that um, it's going to depend what kind of soil your tree is in. If it was a collected tree and it's in field soil, if it's something from, if it's in potting soil, is it in bonsai soil? And that's also going to affect how you repot and what you do within repotting. So again, super important to consult a nursery, a bonsai professional, a local club, somebody who's got some experience um, as far as caring for bonsai goes. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that. that what should, else? That we didn't be, even talk about tools and wiring. That comes later. That's for summertime and fall. Or you can refer to our bonsai tool bag episode that we did. <laughs> heavy uh, metal. Yeah, the heavy metal episode where uh, where we talk about <laughs> having intrusive <laughs> thoughts about cutting ourselves on accident. Uh, I concave myself again the other day, but I caught myself before I closed it. So yeah, you're like only a small cut. I have, (laughs) I have a reaction time. Am I quick enough to get away from my own blade? Uh, But you feel it on there, you know, you got to move your thumb. Yeah. So I'm just kind of going through the page, the the discord for our Patreon. I see some things in here that, that, uh, I just, I just, I was scrolling through and I'm, I'm looking at an image that I'm questioning why it's even in here. Uh, <laughs> I saw, uh, see a lot of Merry Christmas, a lot of Happy New Year, awesome stuff. Uh, just looking to see if there was any listener questions that were posted in here. But uh, that is something else to be said. If you guys have any more questions or um, would like to hear us answer stuff on air, um, we, I mean, we can easily take questions critique trees that's one of the things we love doing here um you can tag us on instagram on your own feed if you would like our input you can go to our comments on instagram or facebook uh well facebook Uh is less active now to be honest but go to our instagram and leave comments on the instagram and we will answer questions and Mm -hmm. all those good juicy things um if you do become a a patron you know at our um best bud level you get access to the discord with all three of us and um all of our other patrons who are from literally all over the world and you can offer advice and suggestions and um 
help create that community that some of our beginners are looking for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the most previous thing that uh, this, I just mm. remembered, it came all the way back around. I just remember what I was trying to say earlier before we kicked the whole <laughs> thing off. I went out, it's on our Instagram now, and I'm sure a lot of people have probably seen it that keep up with our Instagram or are in the discord. Um, I went out yesterday with uh, Nate Murray, mm-hmm. the boot bonsai. Um, the boot. The boot. Uh, Louisiana is shaped like a boot. That's why we call it that. Um, but yeah, Nate has been on a few of our previous episodes, so we're hoping to get him back on here uh, fairly soon because right now in Louisiana, it is Yamadori collecting season. And uh, we went out into basically the swamp. Uh, it was it, It's a... It was more like a pond, but for a lot of people, this would be pretty swampy. There's a beautiful picture of me and Nate amongst a bunch of cypress knees on our Instagram right now. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little short video that me and Nate shot out in the, the wooded area where we're just kind of looking around, looking for material, explaining, uh, doing our best to explain what to look for. But uh, I will actually be doing, now that I just remembered as well, um, I will be doing a Yamadori hunting and collection kind of seminar type thing expedition what was that an expedition will you be taking people out yes i will um so you can go to underhillbonesightstore.com and under our workshops i have a sign up it's going to be a zoom call so if you're in uh in southeast united states and bald cypresses are prevalent in your range or any other trees i mean this a lot of my practices also pertain to like elms and hackberries and maples and all those other beautiful, wonderful uh, deciduous trees and temperate trees that grow in my range. I'll be doing a class on how to collect them, how to properly take care of them, like aftercare practices. And then like right. the first several years of post-collection treatment of trees. Um, collecting trees in the Southeast is way different than let's say collecting in on the East Coast in that in the uh, Appalachians or on the West Coast in the Rocky Mountains in the Cascades. Um, Pulling trees here seems like a new, like it seems like a no brainer to some people when it comes to collecting trees, but there are some things that I, I love to do this class every year where I just fill in people's gaps on knowledge on, you know, like we're going to make a, we're going to, we're going to pull a tree out of it. If we're going to pull a tree out of its environment, let's make it worth the time for both you and the plant. Yeah, because we're doing it for pulling trees out of nature to be create bonsai, not not I'm trying to break down that that whole line of I'm collecting because I want. Yeah, you, need. you should be collecting to honor the plant and create something special. So, yeah, go over to underhillbonsaistore.com. You can register for that class um, and you don't have to. I mean, some there is an option to attend it in person here, um, but online is totally fine i mean a lot of the stuff that i'm gonna be doing and saying you don't need to apply hands-on it's going to be just kind of like a little nice lecture kind of thing with photos and video footage that i will have at uh at on hand from me and nate's collecting but yeah me and nate uh pulled out two really nice cypresses yesterday one would be suited for a very good formal upright or even a informal uh, kind of style depending on how you grow the top back out and then also I just collected one for fun that is going to be an amazing flat top bald cypress style so that, that's something I did yesterday got you know 
got got my my hands dirty and got down in the water again. It's something I haven't done in a while, and I miss doing that. So, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a fun post. I liked seeing that. Yeah, um, Great. and and collecting season is different too because it's going to change. It's going to be different uh, in all parts of the world, all different ranges. I don't yeah. know when does. I know Michael goes into the Cascades and collect, he used to collect. Do you know what time he did that? Like what time? Um, I think they do a lot of it in the fall. I think exactly. you can, there's a window in the springtime as well. I think, but it's it's a little bit riskier. It's always riskier doing it in the spring because you're so close to the heat of summer that unless you really know what you're doing and have a good place to acclimate trees, um, it can be a little bit dicey. But uh, fall is usually really is really pretty good. Okay. Yeah, for for the southeast because the window is so short, it's usually mm-hmm. January to February for us here. Yeah, um, but yeah, a lot of, well, a lot of times too for us, you know, there's snow in the mountains at this point, so it's you can't you even can get, get up there. Yeah, so. exactly. But if you're in the lowland and it's still, you know, not frozen, then go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we usually do a bonsai word of the week. Mm-hmm. Do you have time for that? I do. Cool. Um, I had one picked out. Oh, I know what I had picked out. Uh, I don't think we've said we don't we haven't talked about this one, uh, but it's something that uh, after I had Guy Gidry on in a couple episodes back, um, mm-hmm. he's come by the nursery recently and uh, reintroduced a, uh, not something that this isn't new to me, but it's something I feel like a lot of people don't think about when developing trees is uh, is line. <laughs> Uh, I, I know I've talked about this with Takagari is kind of like it, it's the first space between the Nabari and the first branch tells you what the rest of the tree is going to do but when it uh-huh. comes to line in the tree okay. um, and it's kind of like it's kind of like also it's like a little bit less of a formal term that a lot of people you'll hear it in bonsai groups you go to a bonsai club you'll hear people uh-huh. say stuff like this tree has good bones or this tree has a beautiful nabari or yeah, look at the line of that tree look at the line of this tree that's that's something that you'll hear and for a while when i started out it was very confusing because i was like what am i looking for here i don't see any lines yeah i don't see lines i don't see i don't see what they're looking for exactly but the line refers to if you were to take your tree and this is a good way to do it but yeah, line in a tree is a reference to if you took your tree, take a picture of your bonsai and I added like a two-dimensional perspective from the front and mm-hmm. take your drawing tool and draw from the roots up to the top of the tree. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, if there's a clear line in the tree, that's what we're referring to. If you yep. look at your tree and you're, you've got a raw piece of material or a tree that you're like, kind of guessing what is this tree i don't know how to style trees and then you go to draw that line on that tree and you just don't know where it at where it is Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest issues that a lot of people have beginning with styling trees is where's the line Mm -hmm. of this tree yep um there could be one single line most conifers are built off of a single line Mm -hmm. deciduous trees can have multiple lines because they're goofy Mm -hmm. um and evergreens as well um so line is a very interesting way to look at it but the reason why yeah. i brought it up with guys was we were chopping trees in the back and the first thing he said he's like let's go find the line in these trees we're referring mm-hmm. to as as to cut off stuff that's big cut off stuff that doesn't have movement cut off stuff that is just uninteresting 
and mm-hmm. cut off things that are causing issues for the tree in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a yeah. Line is a design term that you'll see a lot in painting and drawing. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good reference. And kind of yeah, like it's kind of like a structural piece of you know what's the line, what's the direction, what's the movement of this piece. Um, a lot of times with bonsai, we're talking about the line of the trunk, and so if you're creating a bonsai, a lot of times you're kind of creating that line with your pruning cuts and you're trying to make an interesting line. A lot of times with the Amadori, you there there already is a trunk line and that's why you've collected it because it has that interesting line. When you're creating your tree, Yamadori or something you've been growing yourself, you want to find the most interesting line to you know, present as the front of your tree. It doesn't have to have the most movement, but it has to have the most interesting movement. So, um, yeah, it's a term that gets thrown around a lot without really always discussing what exactly it is. But a lot of time it's specifically your trunk line, kind of your overall movement of the tree, um, where the interest can be in the tree. And it's something that you can both create and something that is also natural. Um, Sometimes a combination of the two. So that was good. Yeah, there's a lot of design words that we could really kind of deep dive into that unless you've been through an art class or two, you might not, you know, have a good frame of reference for. Yeah. Line also guides you through the image. Mm-hmm. It's another w- good way to look at it. Line yeah. gives you... How does your eye move? Yeah. It gives you... Follows the line. Starting points. And then where do you go from there? And, and most photos... A good line in like a photo or a painting will be mm-hmm. something like I started here and this pointed over here and now I'm pointed over there and then I came back mm-hmm. around the entire photo and I captured all the details that the that the person who took this photo or painted this image wanted me to see and I kind of it's started little... back to the beginning again. Mm-hmm. In bonsai, usually the line goes up and then out in a direction mm-hmm. because... Bone, bonsai, bony, bonsai is um, <laughs> is a little bit more. Another way, like someone said it recently to me, is like more story driven, and mm-hmm. so in Japanese culture, a lot of bonsai start from right to left because that's how mm-hmm. they write. Mm-hmm. In American culture, we we write, we start from left to right. So I, it's very very common to see a lot of bonsai trees because that's what we're. That's what we are comfortable with. That's really interesting. I wonder if that's why we have more right to left trees. (laughs) I think that's, it's both, and it's really funny because both of those things like uh, Japanese books Uh are are back to front to us, but it's the other Mm -hmm. way around for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Video games are another way to look at it. When you play Mario, which way does he go? He typically goes from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen. Mm -hmm. It is a Japanese game, but you know, uh, but they knew that to connect with a bigger market that they, they could mm. put people on board because starting from the left and going to the right is kind of how we look at things in life okay. and like how things travel and, and time to us is like it started over here. Now it's over here. Mm-hmm. You know? And and that is it's kind of like we don't want to get too deep into this conversation because this is a totally different conversation for art yeah. perspective <laughs> and stuff. But yeah, that's why you'll see trees will always have the front and then the line tells us which direction the tree is traveling. <laughs> so it's a very interesting concept. And line, yeah. in my opinion, is the most important part of design. 
So yeah, super important to have a nice line. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that that's a great little beginner um, beginner bonsai word of the week. We always tell our listeners to take up the bonsai word of the week and try to use it in conversation with your bonsai friends or apply it to your trees. It's that's just kind of like one of the, the cornerstones of bonsai is is line. Um, <laughs> and so find your lines. Yeah, define your lines and find your lines. But uh, yeah, that'll bring us to uh, towards towards the end of the show here. Um, yep. Did you have any closing remarks for this this year or anything, Carmen? I mean, I just think as far as this episode goes, if, if we missed something, let us know, uh, either in the Discord or on Instagram. Let us know what other beginner stuff for, if you got a bonsai for Christmas, what are your other questions? What did we forget to talk about? Um, yep. Yeah, and then closing out the year, like 2023 has been an interesting one. 2024 is pretty exciting. There's a lot of cool shows finishing up the apprenticeship. Like, it's just, it's kind of an exciting year. So um, I'm looking forward to all the other stuff that we get to do. Yeah, we have a lot of special guests lined up for this year that I've already talked to, and we just got to get them on the schedule. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of, I mean, I know we had in our past year, we went from, you know, we had a couple of guests. It was like, oh, cool. And then all out of nowhere, our guests were just like crazy. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. We just had some really cool guests just like back to back. And I was like, this yeah, is actually going really well. Uh, this year, I've got a couple of more one, uh, more guests that are coming up that I'm very excited to have on. People that I know or people that I just met or people that are just well-known in the Bonesight community and stuff. It's just, it's awesome to have uh, to have this come around this year. So, uh, but yeah, uh, just just putting it out there. Um, if, if, if this is your first episode, I'm sorry, but also <laughs> welcome to Little Things for Bonesight People. Uh I am Evan Pardue. I operate Underhill Bonsai in Folsom, Louisiana. You can go over to underhillbonsai.com. You can go look at a couple of articles that I've written. There's a little short gallery that I'm trying to get together this year of some of my trees. Um, you can go over to Little Things for Bonsai People on Instagram and uh, also Underhill Bonsai on Instagram. Follow us there. We do a lot of things there. I also sell online at underhillbonsaistore.com. And you can also catch our Underhill I mean, not Underhill, uh, our little things for Bonsai People t-shirts. You can catch them at the web store at underhillbonsaistore.com at this moment. It may change in the future. Uh, <laughs> and then for Mike, since Mike is not here, Mike Lane is a Bonsai professional teaching and also working on private collections in South Florida uh, in the Fort Myers area. Uh, he also travels across the United States and teaches classes as well. Uh, you can go over to KetsuneBonsai.com um, and go see what his seasonal offerings are, his classes and his schedule that he has. Um, and Mike's an awesome guy. Go over to his Instagram as well. Go see his trees that he's developed. He's a very good show-in artist. He's done some uh, really amazing show-in in a short period of time. And then for uh, for Miss Carmen... What uh what what people need to know about you this year? Starting nothing. Out. No, I'm nothing just at all. <laughs> you can find me over on Instagram at Becoming Bonsai. Um, I'm also on Facebook, of course. Uh, check out the Purple Pot Society, which is the National Women's Bonsai Group, where we work to encourage and inspire women to do bonsai. Um, actually, coming up this year, I'm, you know, fingers crossed. Maybe I shouldn't say anything yet, but if I say it, I'll be held accountable. I'm <laughs> hoping to start. <laughs> a website for myself oh. um, sometime in 2024. So I will 
give folks updates on that as that becomes an actual thing. So um, yeah. yay, exciting, hooray, wonderful. Yeah, and this this podcast will also be a, a interesting, fun way for not just me, Mike, and Carmen to track what we maybe formerly thought things that we uh, that we talked about and all that, but just like bonsai careers growing and stuff and talking about things that are happening as things go on. Uh, we're all pretty early and pretty young in this. So this is a great way to just, you know, if you're a beginner, I think. Join uh, us. Until, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of follow our, uh, our timelines. It's kind of interesting. I think it's a little weird. Uh, it's kind of like that movie, uh, boy, you ever seen that, that movie? Was, uh, no. Where, um, it, they take, they literally record this, this guy's life from like when he's a child. And then he, is it boy? There was one of them. I think that's a different film. There's one where it literally is this kid who's they they film him as like a as a child actor with. I thought his dad was Kevin Bacon for some reason. Mm. Uh, and then he grow. They like have him as he grows up. That's weird. I can't. It's not boy. Is it like actual video footage or is it like yes. a made up movie? Oh, it's, it's like no, an it's, actual. It's a movie. Okay. Where they strung together, like they recorded him when he was like, like actually, oh, and then later on when he's twelve, and then he was like a teenager, and then when he's a little bit more grown up, and then they put it together like this long project of this movie, like twenty years, and they put it together and made a movie like that makes sense chronologically with it. It's really interesting, but anyway, no, that that's just a weird. Record. Yeah, yeah. Now you we've got an audio record of ourselves. Yeah, uh, audio recording of of uh, us sounding like uh, millennial bunch of noobs bonsai people um but anyway but yeah thanks <laughs> thank you guys for hanging out for this one uh, can't, can't wait to get this year going uh this is a great start so you guys have a great new year's happy new year's to you guys here in this after the fact and uh a good rest of the week and we'll see you guys in the next episode happy new year Woo!